0: Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. On this week's podcast, Becca Tobin joins us from Austin, Texas to talk about her acting career and recent experience adding smart home tech to her residence. Tobin has starred in the hit TV show Glee, written a New York Times bestseller, and hosted the popular Lady Gang podcast. When the talented multimedia star and her husband, real estate developer Zach Martin, moved from Los Angeles to Austin, Texas in late 2020, their excitement for their new city and house quickly grew into a desire to maximize their home enjoyment with a professionally integrated smart home system. Recognizing that this project would require professional experience and insight, they contacted the local experts at Macaulay Technologies to help them explore the full range of possibilities and determine what would best fit their needs and lifestyle. In this conversation, which was recorded for our upcoming cover story on Becca Tobin, we learned not only about what Becca and Zach love about their new technology in their home, but also find out some revealing insights about Becca's early acting successes from the Broadway stage to starring in one of the most popular TV series in the past 10 years. So here's my earlier conversation with Becca Tobin. I know that playing Kitty on Glee was your first front of camera role, is that correct?
1: It was, yes, yeah.
0: And you were on Broadway with Rock of Ages and on tour with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And what a, a couple, that's like... It seems like some really massive first gigs, if you want to put it that way, like a collection of those things. Like, is it that straightforward, or was, this, was there a lot of buildup to get to those points for you as an actor?
1: Yeah, I mean, on paper, it's like really exciting, and seems like it was a. I mean, it, it was a very. I, I got very fortunate, and it's always like the preparation meets timing thing. It's you know, so I was really lucky in those situations, but. I moved to New York when I was 18. I went to a small conservatory up there for two years, and I started to audition for professional jobs in theater. Uh, In my final year, I was 19. And I, um, you know, I auditioned like every single day, five days a week, waking up at 8 a.m. in the freezing cold, standing outside, waiting to be seen as like a non-union performer because, you know, they'll see the union performers. And if they have time at the end of the day, they'll slip a few of you in. And if you blow them away, you, you know, get a callback, which it's a numbers game. And uh, I think I just had a little bit more, I was more stubborn and I I. I may be a little more resilient. So I stuck it out long enough to finally get those big moments. But before that, it was I my first professional job was cats in a regional theater production in uh, Houston. OK, yeah, um, I did a West Side Story tour of uh, kind of I think it was like 10 cities um, for the 50th anniversary of that. Um, but yeah, it was like all these little jobs leading up to that big moment of booking rock of ages, which was obviously my Broadway debut and, um, it's an incredible, you know, I saw the show off Broadway, um, you know, before I was ever in it. And I remember being like, this is the coolest musical theater show that ever existed. It's like eighties rock music and it's crazy, amazing choreography. And, um, I'm such a dork. I do love the like thoroughly modern Millies and the music mans of the world, but it was really cool to see this new modern take on musical theater. And then within, I think about a year, I was, I was one of the first replacements in that show. Um, I never planned on being on television. I never took any really on camera classes. It was Mm -hmm. all just singing, dancing, acting. But then when Ryan was book was uh, looking to cast Season four of Glee, the new characters, they really wanted actual p- performers from New York just because that role that I was playing was really heavily, heavily dance. And um, so they put the feelers out to the New York casting directors. And I went in and it was the sort of thing where I was like, this is so not going to happen that I think that's also part of why I got it, because okay. it was just so completely out of my realm of what was possible. And I also had my screen test and didn't even know who Ryan Murphy was. And, you know, it's like those, I think it's ignorance is bliss in that, in that situation. Now I know who everyone is and I know everybody in the room and it's like, you freak out and you have all the psychological stuff with it. So you sort of bring a little bit of desperation with you now, like these days of auditioning. Versus then I wish I could have a little bit more of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You have a resume now that helps a bit. I would imagine. It does, Yeah. But yeah. So I I don't, I don't want to get too stuck on the, the stage stuff, but having a daughter that's obsessed with it and who she is like, yeah, she loves like Oklahoma and the classics so much. And uh, I, I think she really, she got to see six recently on a school trip to New York and, and I think she appreciates the the pop musical type styles. Um, Mm -hmm but she just loves the the, the traditional and that's did see awesome. me saw music, man. We were supposed to go to second night of music, man, and then COVID hit and I, I got gypped. I'd never get to see it. She got to see it though. my wife has been well, back as great. well. Yeah. Um. But so stepping on stage, even after being on in tours in different theaters and around the country, what was that like being on Broadway for the first time?
1: Terrifying. I mean, <laughs> I wish I could say that it was all that practice had, had groomed me for that moment. But I think when you spend your entire, since I was 10 years old, I was like, I want to be on Broadway. I want to be on Broadway. Um, and then you get there, um, you know, it's a ton of pressure. It's like any, you know, any sport, any, whatever it is, it's like, you're there, you're, it's a pinch me moment. It's a panic moment. It's a, Um, also the way that I went into that show was I was a swing so and I was the first replacement so I didn't get the experience of like learning the show with everybody like on the we all come in a clean slate everyone knew the show had been doing it for at least six months and I only had a few times of being able to like plug myself into those moments and learn choreography and so The swing in any, and your daughters probably know this. The swing in any Broadway show is really like the most valuable person because they have to learn, you know, several people's roles as opposed to one. And at any given moment, if someone twists their ankle, it's like your costume's on and you're on for that part. You can't. So it was, it was like boot camp for theater. I had to go on. I'd say probably like I don't know three or four times before I was able to really relish in the moment of like here I am and I was able to give kind of my best performance. Cause I was, I, I am not a gutsy person. Like I, I definitely needed to, you know, get my feet wet and, and like, I'm not too bold. I wish I were, but yeah.
0: Well, that that's, that's just amazing that it, even with that personality trait, you're able to do it. And, uh, I, I like anything, the experience of doing it, I'm sure you get a little, you get over the butterflies and all that. And into the groove, but yeah, uh, I, I just it's not often I get to talk to someone that's actually been on that stage. And that's 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 really great to to yeah. know about the reality of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so then you, you move on to uh, you get this opportunity on Glee. Did you find that it was harder or easier to join a cast of an iconic show like that in its fourth season?
1: Um, you know, it was kind of the, a similar feeling. It was, you know, being the new kid of this thing, this hit this people at the top of their field people that have been um you know it 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 was it was obviously a much bigger stage it was like you know the world stage and on a a huge hit tv show versus um broadway but to me it held the same weight I think just because that was always my focus was theater and that was like the peak for me I think more than anything on that on my first couple probably weeks of working on glee I was it was like Being in school, but not telling anybody because I didn't know what I was doing. So I had to just watch other people and see like, oh, they put tape on the floor and that's your mark and that's where you have to go and you stand because they've lit the scene for you to be there. And like, these are things that everybody knows magically, but there's no way of really learning it until you're there or if you went to a school for this specifically. So It was a very humbling experience everybody from the cast was wonderful and the crew was wonderful and i think everybody um it was it was a warm environment to go into but definitely um intimidating to say the least
0: yeah and and it has to just be a totally different feeling of of, uh acting to a camera for the first time as well after being um having an audience and having that reaction i guess
1: Yes, I knew I needed to um a friend of mine who went from theater to TV. Thank God I had her in my life at the time of auditioning for the role. She was like, "So with TV, you feel everything, but you show nothing." So it's like just that little adjustment. Obviously, I've learned a whole lot more since then, but taking the theater stuff into the where the camera's here and it's so tight on your face, you're like, "Oh, I get it." You know, it's like you are feeling it all, but you're not necessarily having to express it like you're on a stage because it looks pretty crazy when you do make those choices on camera. I've done it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, on the other hand, I've heard that learning how to use your face just changes so much when it's a either film or, or a TV uh, situation, because you you have to certain things you just have to express in almost a subtle way with your face. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's, there's, there are people who are really, really amazing at, um, it's an art form, like knowing the way to turn your face, knowing the way to how your face looks the best. I still lack a very much lack an awareness of like what my face is looking like on camera. So I just trust that all the other people that are there are going to tell me if, if it's something crazy, I, I toggle between wishing I could be a little bit more aware and less kind of not that I'm any more in it than anyone. I'm just like, don't have that. I was not Paul, like working on that skill set my whole life, like some of these people. So it's a it's a different kind of performance, but it's it's what I have to offer.
0: It's funny. My my uh second cousin's my mom's cousin, she's a, a film editor to this day. She did some really big name movies, mostly like she she was pretty woman, um, film wow. editor, and many, many others, but she's a really attractive uh woman as well. And whenever we do a family picture, when we'd got to California, she had a certain turn that she'd make on her face. Cause yeah. you could tell she's been looking at people on camera for so long that she knows how, how, how her face is supposed to look the best or something. So it's, it's funny that so you interesting.
1: That. I <laughs> actually think female editors are, they're not, they're not now they're more common, but yeah, I, it's the coolest job ever. And some of them are, I mean, they're, it's such an amazing skill.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool having that that connection to the business. Mm-hmm. So did you ever get sick of having uh, to wear a cheerleader costume all the time on Glee?
1: <laughs> I could not. I mean, it was comical at the end. I had several, you know, cause obviously we don't wear this, the same costume every time. So I had a lot of different ones and I had like ones for when I was feeling like ugh, a little blah and a little bit like, uh, I indulged over the holidays. So there's like one skirt that's slightly bigger and um, you know, my, it, the wardrobe people were so amazing and it was groundhog day every day. And the ponytail was the thing that was actually the most annoying to me. It was oh. um, having that like slicked back ponytail for a woman, especially it's, it's kind of the equivalent of like not wearing many clothes, mm-hmm. you know, cause we all use our hair. A lot of us to, you know, like accessorize our faces, maybe take some attention off of certain features we don't love. And having that like slicked back ponytail and minimal makeup because they wanted us to look young. It was like a little bit being a naked in front of a camera. And I remember like watching the first couple episodes and just being like, I, I'll never like what I'm seeing, but I'm just going to have to like soldier on. It's (laughs) terrible to say that, but it's like, we're all human and we all have these, I think it's pretty normal, but it was, it was uh, tough.
0: Yeah, the, the hair pulled back thing. That's funny you say that because my uh, younger daughter or oh, both daughters, as they went to the middle school, their director would never uh, allow hair to be pulled back because they look bald in her mind from <laughs> <Yeah>. the audience. <laughs> so that, that that's clear that that's a thing, you know, yeah. that you just don't want to look like that.
1: Do you want superior smart home automation
0: at a great value? Shelly Wi-Fi relays by Alterco Robotics cover DC-to-line voltage, allowing you to control lights, outlets, appliances, garage doors, pumps, and much more. There are Shelly sensors and power measurement devices to help you measure temperature, humidity, lux, or motion, and electrical consumption from single wire to three-phase with neutral. You can use Shelly with a licensed driver for Control 4, Elon, or other premium systems, as well as your customer's existing hub, voice assistant, or any platform that accepts REST, MQTT, or COAP. Shelly can make IoT very easy. Available now at Blackwire, City Electric Supply, and Worthington. Or at ShellyUSA.com. Was there a transformation from being on Glee and suddenly being known by people Um, i mean social media is horrible in that regard but are you uh suddenly um a celebrity or do you feel that immediately after glee comes out
1: you know it was it, it was definitely um there there was something that had there was obviously a shift you know um when we went on the show, there was a ton of attention about like Glee was still a hit show, and there was a lot of press surrounding bringing on new characters because they had fallen in love with you know the world had fallen in love with these six ish characters, and some people are like up in arms and they don't want new people. It's like every show that brings on a new cast it's like you are so doomed if you are part of any new cast because it is like you're compared all the time to the originals and um so that was we were under a microscope pretty, pretty harshly in the beginning. And so knowing that there was stuff out there and people talking about us and not being this random, obscure, like dancer on Broadway anymore was, was an adjustment? But I also think that I still don't consider, and this, this, a lot of people say this, but I really haven't had like an overwhelming amount of moments where I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm famous. Like it's, it's all kind of happened in increments. And, um, and also now there are so many people considered to be like celebrities because of social media that it, it's kind of nice. It spreads out the attention. So you can sort of disappear a little bit more. The party's bigger, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's ni- different niches or, um, you know, specific areas of people's interest too. So yeah, not everyone knows everybody and you y- obviously, someone like my daughter absolutely knows you. She's like, you're kidding. You're interviewing (laughs) or because I don't typically interview actors, but, um, folks that have been in the different spots for that you have been are like a sweet spot for someone like my daughter, even if she's a little younger than that, when the show was originally on, um, she's caught up with it clearly. Um, so, so moving ahead, uh, you know, trip, you talk triple threat on stage, singer, dancer, actor. You're also, uh, a triple threat, with the podcast, the talk show, the, uh, you know, writing, um, New York times bestseller with your, with your friends, the lady gang, um, partners, like, could you just give me a little bit of background of how the three of you came together and got your podcast started?
1: Yeah. So, uh, Kelty, one of the other co-hosts was actually a Radio City Rocket for many years. And so we knew each other from that New York scene and we would always be auditioning with each other. And um, we didn't know each other too well. We had friends in common, but then when I was doing Glee, she had made her transition to LA to do entertainment journalism. So she was working for Entertainment Tonight and The Insider. Um, And I think having that background of the New York and the theater person, like we were cut from the same cloth. So we would see each other at these events and um, we would be on red carpets and we'd be like, this is so weird. Why does anybody care? This is such a bizarre world compared to New York. And we would have lunches and she's such a, she's a force. And I didn't even know at the time how incredibly powerful she is, but she, is a pioneer kind of in media in general. And she's always able to see what's coming down the pipeline. So when we were sitting there complaining about how in acting, you're like waiting for the phone to ring and how with her job, it's very um, it's fickle. So she said, let's, let's join together. Let's create something that's all ours. And I think this podcast thing is going to be really big. And I had never even heard of a podcast. I was like, do you mean like Adam Carolla? I think he was the only person at the time doing a podcast and we knew we needed a third girl. We brought on um, a really badass female entrepreneur, like in fashion. And it was like the accident that became the biggest gift of, of my career. So and I owe it all to really her for knowing podcasting was even going to be cool. <laughs> and,
0: and, and did you basically turn the podcast, uh, the best of your anecdotes and stories uh, into the book then or how that happen?
1: Yeah. So over the years, we, we just, through these conversations of, of the way we do life in general and the way that women that we talk to go through life and the advice, the little snippets here and there that we picked up, we just felt like we had this, a lot of material for kind of a manifesto and we were rewriting the script on what it means to be a lady and very tongue in cheek, obviously with the meaning, because our version is a little bit more crass and a little bit more um, unfiltered. Right. So we were just sort of sick of like being put in the box. And and it's funny because now we've seen it's this whole thing explode with women in media where everybody's sharing and everybody's open. And when this was going on, it was 2015 and it was like not happening. And so it was a very shocking conversation to drop into. Um, so we do like to take a little bit of credit for ripping off the the curtain, ripping back the curtain a little bit with women. Um, so yeah, we just decided to write the book and um, write in our personal essays of things that we've sort of learned along the way and what we'd want to pass on. And some of it's great and some of it's terrible, but <laughs> that's life.
0: <laughs> it's funny. I, I did not realize that your colleague on um, Taryn Hooch actually has a book out as well. And I was in of all places, I was in Dallas um, yesterday. <laughs> it's a crazy okay. week um, at Love Field Airport. And I saw his book on the shelf there and thought that was like, uh, I guess everybody's doing everything now. <laughs> um, yeah. That's amazing. And I,
1: I think it's also like with Josh, he has such an interesting story that he's never told. And now there's an ability to share what he went through without fear of being judged as harshly or have it affect his higher ability, you know, it's, it's really everybody I think feels like ready to shed all of their truths because we've all protected these little skeletons in our closets for so long, because for a while you really couldn't get away with, with letting them out and not have it affect your, your career.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's a good way to put it. And, uh, and I, I mean, if, if someone likes what you're doing, the more, um, media, outlets that you can find something from them on i guess is is better yeah. um so so good on you to do that and and anybody that publishes a book to me it's like high high respect cuz it takes a little bit of focus and time to do that it um, sucked i bet i bet <laughs> i'm going to do it someday i just haven't had the discipline yet to to get there but um yeah. Um, so I had a a weird question that I want to ask you a few about the house and we can wrap up because I know you've got time constraints, but, um, do you, what do you think you've gotten to do some iconic things or related to iconic pop culture, um, Mm -hmm. things like starring in Glee one acting in a a show. That's a Disney show, even though it's not technically Disney, Mm -hmm. it's on Disney plus and all um which is also based on a Tom Hanks classic and everyone loves Tom Hanks <laughs> yes. or and then you were also on a Hallmark Christmas two right two Hallmark Christmas movies yes
1: or? yeah i mean well, my god
0: i don't know, you know? But, yes, well yes
1: one Hallmark Christmas and then i just did one for um GAC like and and it was on Peacock the oh, and okay. but i've done other Hallmark movies that were like a spring one. I, I, oh, okay. I can never really remember there's such fast shoots and I never watched them. So I'm like, <laughs> did it happen? I don't know. <laughs> well, I,
0: I, as the only male in a house, even when my dog's female, I, I would vote that Hallmark's probably the most iconic, I, at least the Christmas one, yes. just, <laughs> at least recent years. Yes. Um, so I, it's funny you don't watch them. I, I got roped into them last um, Christmas season and I, I have to say it was Somewhat soothing to my nerves after all of the. Oh. I mean, yeah. I couldn't watch another Marvel or you know violent thing, and it's like, okay, it, it's yes. it's a corny premise, but I'm in. I'll go for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's there's never been a better time, truthfully, than than now to sit down and watch one of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, and
0: and just the fact that they're they're turning them out, not to sound like it's just a machine, but that that's an opportunity for an actor. I mean, oh
1: yeah,
0: and, and they, and they shoot so beautiful. I mean, the, the aesthetic of them, I mean, they make you look awesome, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's pretty wild. It, it was, I didn't know what a big deal these movies were until I got the first one. And I just was kind of like, sure, I'll go to Canada for three weeks and shoot this movie. I've never done a, a like romantic comedy, whatever. And, um, and then I, I think that that was the thing in my life that I got the most text messages and emails and like phone calls. And my mom was getting contacted, people being like, but you didn't tell us that Beck is in a Hallmark Christmas movie. I was like, is this a thing? I had no idea. And it was really like people are committed to those movies. So it was it was cool.
0: Yeah, we have the app, so there you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> it doesn't get watched as often as Disney Plus during the uh, non-holiday season, but it's still there on, on the Apple TV. Yeah. Um, so uh, switching over to your, to your house, I, kn- I know a little bit of backstory of how you ended up in Austin, and mm-hmm. and it sounds very logical. Like, we can do it remotely. Let's do it and get out of the L.A. market and get a little more breathing room and all that. Um how do you come across your custom installation company to start doing the tech um, part of your house?
1: So I can't take any credit because if it were up to me, I would still be playing music like off of my, my phone, like (laughs) everywhere I go, you know, I'm like such an, I'm such an old person, but my husband is very into tech and he, ever since we've lived together, it's like, every he was the first person to get a Sono speaker. He was the first person to, you know, the whole, the whole thing. So when we found this house, um, it's just, there's a lot of beautiful outdoor space and, um, opportunities to entertain. And he just said, you can't live in a house and like, like this and not have these, this type of, of technology. So for a while I was like, is it necessary? I don't know. I feel like it's, you know, music is music. And then of course now I'm eating my words because, you know, I'll be sitting on the couch and the baby will be fussy and I'm feeding him a bottle. And I'm like, he loves music. And we love having music on. And I'm like, I, I, instead of getting up and making sure that something's plugged in and blah, 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 blah. And the, I just get on my phone on the app and I'm like, play the music in the living room and dim the lights from my phone. And, um, every time I do it, it's, uh, you know, I hate that he's, he's right, but (laughs) it's a game changer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So did he know pretty much what he wanted or did, did you get kind of walk through it? And did you get to be a part of that conversation in those early stages of this? Here's some options, how far we can take it or not take it.
1: Yeah. So the, the people who lived in the house before had certain things already set up, like there were speakers in the ceiling that were already installed. Um, Uh, there was already the closet, the media closet ready for all the equipment. So it made it pretty easy and like relatively simple to find out kind of what we wanted in this house. And, you you know, I'm like, so like I said, I'm not, I am not a tech person, but my husband asked questions like, what lights do you think we need on dimmers? And, you know, which ones will we use the most? And, um, you know, he took me out into the backyard and was like, listen to these speakers should we move them and the people that came in and actually installed everything it was so collaborative because he's very opinionated on on how he wants everything to work so i took a little part in it but he really did um work with with control four and the installation on like tweaking it and making it kind of perfect for our lifestyle
0: and besides the music what what else uh, do you like about for personally, I, I'm finally getting motorized window shades and that's just like a game changer for me. Yeah. Um, do you, do you like parts of the smart home aspect besides in addition to having the music in your ceiling basically?
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, the music. And like I said, the lights on the ability to, to do it on the app and also just the, the dimmers in general, I, I should have known this as, as an actor, how much like lighting affects the environment. And, you know, we would entertain in our house in LA that didn't have, we didn't have any of this fancy stuff. And, um, you couldn't really set the mood perfectly and you couldn't make it feel like a really cozy, like sexy restaurant. And now it's like, I walk around before we have people over and we like set the lights and to, and I'm such an aesthetic person that that to me is like the most thrilling, um, and uh yeah i would say like yeah the lighting for me and and really the app like because i was so annoyed in the old house of having to go to all these different apps to control everything in the house now it's like thermostat lights tv like the remote control i can you're not like, I'm again, holding the baby all the time. And I'm like, I really wish I could just put something on the TV, but the remotes across the room and it's like, Oh wait, it's on my phone. And so I pull up my phone and I operate the TV without the remote from my phone. And it's so simple, but, and at times I feel like we're all turning into Wally, but <laughs> 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 I'm loving every moment of it.
0: Yeah. And, and you've, uh, you've got a nice network there too. Um, and, and that's, it, I'm sure important as you do stuff like this with the yes. you know, zoom and the, also recording the podcast, um, I would imagine just having a reliable network is important.
1: Very, very much. So that was like top of our list really, because we both are working from home and we probably will mm. be for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah. That remote, that's the whole point of getting to Austin, isn't it? Um, to have that, yeah. that remote thing. Well, yeah. Um, I, I, I do appreciate your time and, and it's great meeting you and hearing some of your stories and learning a little bit more about your house. And thank you so much
1: Great talking
0: to you and best of luck on everything, Becca.
1: Thanks. You too.
0: And that wraps up today's show. You can learn more about Becca Tobin's Austin, Texas integrated home in the next issue of residential tech today. You can check out all the latest residential tech news at the magazine's website, restechtoday.com, where you can also subscribe to our print or digital magazine and to our Tuesday and Friday email newsletters. Also, if you're new to Residential Tech Talks, please subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform and consider rating or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell. Residential and designers, lighting specialists, to architects, resident to master the Home
1: or smart house.